especially now with the pandemic going on, everybody, uh, you know, it's an entrepreneur's dream. It's change and change is opportunity. And we need to change quickly and go where the new markets are going. And my poor competitors are used to planning their product roadmap for five years out. That's not happening these days. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. Today's guest is a dear friend of mine. I've known him for almost 20 years. I know that's crazy. He is one of Canada's most celebrated serial entrepreneurs. He uh, created and ran a $2.6 billion technology firm. He was one of the early investors in Research in Motion, and right now he is the CEO of Danby Appliances. I'm speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Jim Estel. Welcome to the show, Jim. Well, thanks for having me, Nikki. It's a pleasure to have you here, my friend. It's fabulous, fabulous to get to spend some time with you today. I'm looking forward to it. It'd be great. Me too. Me too. So, Jim, we know each other well, but my audience may not know you. and my audience is composed of entrepreneurs. These are the men and women who, are like you, I believe are Canada's and society's greatest heroes. They're the ones who have the courage to have a dream and put it out there and try to turn it into a reality. And the reason they listen to this show is they want to learn from you as one of our great guest experts how to be inspired to win today if they've had a rough day or if they've had a great day, they want to learn some fabulous strategies, tools, tactics new ways of thinking that are going to help them achieve their vision more effectively. But before they can open their hearts to you, my friend, they need to get to know you. So tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great Jim Estel? So um, when I was in university studying engineering at the University of Waterloo, I started, I, I needed a computer to design circuit boards. I got a better deal if I bought two of them. So I bought two and sold one, and then someone else wanted one, so I bought another two, and then someone needed a printer. And next thing you know, I'm buying and selling computer products. At the same time, I am designing circuit boards, but that's another story. Um, I started that business in the trunk of my car because at the time, living in residence at university, it was the safest place for my what I thought was high expensive memory chips and disk drives and stuff. And I grew that business to a couple billion dollars in sales. Wow. I took a public, sold it. Um, and then I did what I thought all, all entrepreneurs' dreams are. I retired. <laughs> and you know me well enough to know retirement is overrated. Yep. So while I was retired, I was doing some investing. I was doing some coaching, mentoring. I was doing some things. but um, So I wasn't exactly sitting at home. Um, all day. And I moved to New York for that five-year period, partly because I wanted to do a stint in the States. Um, And 
Um, then my dad got sick, so I moved back to Guelph, Ontario, which is where he lived and I lived. Um, and I actually started a digital marketing agency, kept keeping it small in Guelph, just uh, deliberately trying to keep it small. But I sat on the board of Danby Appliances. And uh, a year after I moved back, the CEO at Danby Appliances said um, he was resigning. And so I said to the family that owned it, I'd been on the board for about five years. I could go in and run it for you because it happened to be in Guelph, just like I was. And I thought I would run it for a little while. And as I got back into the saddle running a company, I said, this is what I love to do. So I said, oh, great, that'll be my next decade gig. And then they said, they want me to sell the business. So I said, how much for? And they told me, and I said, great, I'll take it. So that's how I ended up owning Danby Appliances. And we're about a $400 million uh, appliance manufacturer. We make about 2 million appliances a year. So the, the size is right in my size range that I like. Um, it wasn't the $2 billion, but it's um, not the digital marketing agency that I started or anything, you know, smallish. So that's really my story. And you did touch on the fact that I, I uh, while I was doing my technology business, I invested in over 150 startups, mostly technology startups. And one of those was BlackBerry. And I sat on the board of BlackBerry since before they went public for the first 13 years. So I left that board in 2010 when I moved to the States. And uh, I actually resigned all my boards just because I wanted to clear my plate. And uh, of course, since then, I picked up a few others and I'm back doing what I love. That's amazing, my man. What a great story. I'll tell you, you know, you're the quintessential entrepreneur. You're somebody who uh, started doing something and, and, and found that he was good at it and found that there was a need for the area that he was in. You grew it into a, a fabulous business. and you know, you you managed to to basically live the Canadian dream, as it were, live the American dream for our American listeners. And I, I think what makes your story unique, Jim, is that you've had an opportunity to do what you do in very different industries. Talk a little bit about that for my listener and, and, and help them understand how, how they might be at a stage in their life right now where they need to reinvent themselves or, or pivot and look at different ways of doing things. Talk about how you did that and how this can apply to our listener. Well, as I mentioned, my first start was all in technology. But the interesting thing is now all businesses are technology. So you can say it's a different industry, but everything is moving to digital. Everything's moving to connected and whatnot. So it's not a complete jump. To the extent that it is a complete jump, um, I sold consumer products. Danby Appliances, a consumer product that sold at Costco and Home Depot and all the those places. So there's overlap there, and management and leadership is also highly transferable. So um, you know, if you can run a company with a thousand employees in one industry, you can run a company with a thousand employees in another industry. There's not much difference um, in people because and and management and leadership tactics tend to be similar. I also use it for competitive advantage. Technology businesses are very fast. And so I, my goal is to bring technology speed to a smokestack industry, which gives us competitive advantage, especially now with the pandemic going on. Everybody uh, 
you know, it's an entrepreneur's dream. It's change and change is opportunity. And we need to change quickly and go where the new markets are going. And my poor competitors are used to planning their product roadmap for five years out. That's not happening these days. No, it's not. I mean, things are moving so quickly. It's, it's, it's tough to even plan two quarters out, isn't it? Oh, totally it is. Totally it is. I mean, for your entrepreneur listeners, there is economy in pandemic and there's a post-pandemic economy. And if you can figure out what those trends are, and for me, many of these trends are micro trends. It's not all macro trends. You can be successful. So I sell a ton of bar fridges to hotels. Well, if you think about it, post-pandemic, everyone's saying, I've been cooped up. I want to resort travel, go on holidays. That's where we spend our sales energy. I think utility travel, being going to visit my factories and going to trade shows and visiting head offices of companies, in myself, I'm going to be traveling half as much because I've learned, you know, Zoom kind of works. And uh, it's kind of liberating not to be on a plane every other week or every other or every week, actually. Uh, it's just a matter of change your focus. Uh, and when the pandemic first hit, of course, hotels aren't buying anything. But everyone's buying fridges for home because they're home office. But there's difference. Fridges for hotels were trending smaller and smaller. Some some hotels wanted one cubic foot fridge, very tiny fridge. Well, you're at home, you're putting it in your basement, you're putting it in your garage. You've got a little bit of space. You want something that's bigger. Five cubic foot, three cubic foot, four cubic foot. So uh, it, it's just retooling and going with the 3.3 cubic foot, not going as much with the one cubic foot. You know, I, I like that. I really do. It makes a lot of sense. As you were saying this, I was thinking to myself, you know, I should probably get a small fridge uh, for my kids. They'd probably love to have that in the room. I've got a, I've got an office as, in my house, and I've got an office office too. So there's, there's a, there's a big fridge in the office, but probably be a cool idea to have like a little small fridge in the office for us to be able to keep some food there. I like this. I like you. You got a customer today, Jim. Just out of like sharing this with me, it's a great idea. Awesome. Well, then if you take the trend even further, when you go back to a big office where there's a hundred people, I think personal fridges at the desk is a thing. They're going to use the one cubic foot fridge, where it's basically just put your lunch because people don't want to share the larger fridges and the lunchrooms anymore. So I, I think there's trends in everything. And the more you can identify those trends, the more successful you can be. You know, that's brilliant. I really, really like that. Okay, so we're going to have to talk offline. I got to put some orders in with your company for a couple things. But um, let, let's talk about trends because I think there's some trends that are in and I think there's some trends that are out. I, let me share a couple of the trends I think are out with you. Love to get your comments on that. And I'll share a couple of the trends that I think are in with you. I'd love to get your comments on that. So the, the key skills every entrepreneur needs to have, in my opinion, are, are, are sales and leadership. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree. Yeah, 100%. So here's a couple of trends that I think are definitely on the way out. So one of them is cold calling. I think the idea of, of making cold calls today almost seems anachronistic. Like, People just don't want to receive cold calls. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have any comments on that? Um, I would agree with that. I mean, particularly in, in pandemic, nobody wants to see anybody. So what you have to figure out is what can you do instead of cold calling? And my answer to that is 
add value to people's lives. So if you can give someone something that adds value to their life, they will read it. They will respond to it. Um, and the other thing which is, in, is very critical in sales is to develop rapport. The, the better you can get at developing rapport with people without doing the cold calls, the more you will sell. That's just the way it is. Because we all buy from people that we know, right? And, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, so-and-so, right? They sell X product. So still need exactly. the relationship. Exactly. Well, yeah, I know you. You make, you make appliances. You gave me a couple of good ideas. I'm going to buy from you. It's that simple. It's exactly. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so th- that was really, really well put. But I think a trend that's on the way in is virtual coffees with people you haven't talked to in a long time. So I have a friend of mine. He's in the real estate sales business. And from March to May uh, of last year, he did 213 virtual coffees. So these weren't sales calls per se. They were just virtual coffees. Hey, we haven't talked in a while. Let's get in touch. And he did them all over Zoom so he could see them and all that good stuff. And what he told me that as a result of doing these 213 virtual coffees over the 60-day period that he did them in, he generated over $600,000 in sales commission. What's your thoughts on that? It sounds like he's a, he's a genius. He totally should do it. And, and I, I love that idea. That is a great idea. I would add to his idea, he should, after he does the virtual coffee, send the prospects something that adds value to their life which in his case, he's a realtor, could be, here's an update on the market in your area. Here's uh, uh, eight ways to make your home office better. Here's uh, whatever, because the more you can, uh, and, and all he's doing is keeping his rapport going with clients, and he has also identified he can do a lot more of those than in person. I mean, if you and I were going to get together, we'd live an hour away. It's three hours, right? Yeah, uh, it'd, be, it'd be the only meeting I'd be able to have all day, pretty much. Exactly, exactly. We're virtual. I mean, I'm going to talk to you now, and at 2 o'clock, I'm going to talk to someone else who happens to be in Atlanta. And uh, so I save the flights, and we save the driving. And so I think what he's done is genius. Um, and the other the other key, though, is is this adding value, because you don't want to talk to someone. I don't like it's great to keep in touch with people if they genuinely are friends. But do I really want to talk to someone that I don't really want to buy their product? And they're not a friend, but I will if they're funny. I will if I'm going to learn something. I will if there's some value that I can get from it. Um, and that's the key in sales is always be giving value. You give enough value, you'll get value back. You know, there's, there's a lot of truth to that. So in the pre-pandemic days, like, uh, a lot of people would go out there and, and, and try to give value by, for example, giving someone a book they've written. So this is one of the other trends I think is on the way out. And actually, I'm a little bit sad about it because I'm a reader. I love to read books. So last year, Jim, I read 142 books. I'm a crazy man, right? And this is actual awesome. books, not, not, not listening to audio books. And what I've noticed is fewer and fewer people are reading books these days. And using a book as a calling card, while it's still got some cachet and value to it, it's not as valuable, for example, as doing a podcast. Because these days, people are listening to podcasts a lot more. 
And what I found is doing my podcast has been wonderful for my business. Uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on on these two. Uh, I don't want to call them polar opposite trends, but the trend that's on the way out and the trend that's on the way in. No, the, the, you are totally on trend. I'm actually uh, frustrated. I will sometimes give someone a book and then talk to them a month later and ask them and they say, oh, I haven't got around to reading that yet. So I started then putting a post-it note on, you know, read pages three to six and eight <laughs> to 17 and, and highlighting and trying to make their reading job easier. But, uh, and I agree, podcasts are totally on topic. And, uh, so you're just using the new media versus the old media. And as a marketing, you need to use multiple medias because different people respond to different things. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's very, very true. Very, very, very true. So, Jim, what are some of the other trends that you see as being on the way in that are important for us as entrepreneurs to be aware of and take advantage of? So I think trends are per industry, and it varies on the industry. Um, I know you're a personal trainer. I used to be. Fact, I'm not doing that you, anymore. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, I know you almost killed me when you were doing yeah, that. Yeah, back and, in the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back in the day. And so pe- people still want to be in shape, but they're not going to do it in person. That's an example. So what could you do that's not in person? And do you package it up and do it on uh, video and do it on podcasts? I think video is a trend that is on trend. Everyone's going to that. In pandemic, we've changed from a services economy to some extent to a goods economy. So people are not spending money well, going out to dinner. They're spending money on stuff, which is why we've done well, because people are um, saying, well, I'm not going to go out for dinner, but I'll buy a wine cooler because I'm entertained at home. Uh, people are spending time on improving their homes because they are now work at home and their office home. And I'm old school. I never thought I'd be work at home. I thought for sure I, I need to be in the office. And sure enough, now I work at home, just like most of my office staff are, because it's, uh, it's the way it is. It's life, right? So the, the improved home, I think, is a trend that's here to stay, uh, for sure. I think that we're going to go to a hybrid office where People will have an office, but they'll be in the office two or three days a week, not five days a week. That's like me right now. Right. Exactly. And I think that that's going to be the way it will stay. And when you go to hire employees, they're going to expect that. The expectation will be. Now, when the, when you are less work in the office, that expands the where you can hire from. I would not take a job in Guelph because I live in – or in, in Toronto because I live in Guelph – but if I only have to go to the office once a week or once every two weeks, well, yeah, I could take a job in Toronto because you're only driving in once a week. It's no big deal. And uh, in our case, we could hire someone from Owen Sound. That's a two and a half hour drive each way because it only have to come in occasionally. Another trend is we need to all be good at, at uh, video, Zoom, Microsoft Teams. I don't care what your platform is, Skype, it doesn't matter. You need to be good at it because that's... That's what we are. That's the way we're going to be, right? And get good at selling on that as well. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, I'll tell you what I'm doing these days, Jim, because I guess it it has been a while since you and I have chatted. So I'm not not in the fitness field uh, anymore. So I'm not a personal trainer anymore. What I do right now is I provide a variety of services for entrepreneurs. So I, I, I run peer groups for people with seven to eight figure businesses. 
I, I run an education and peer group programs for people that are interested in thought leadership and how they can use thought leadership to grow their 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 business as well. I work with a lot of uh, smallish solopreneur type people in that program, but we are also doing something for CEOs who are interested in kind of being an Elon Musk or Richard Branson type figure inside of their industry space. We've got a couple uh, clients like that. And I do a lot of speaking engagements, uh, write books, do podcasts and uh, do training programs for organizations. So all of this is in service of having the entrepreneur be more successful. So there's a variety of different things we do. So I, it's interesting you talk about Zoom. When when people started to um, say, hey, we can't do in-person events, and a big part of what we did prior to the pandemic was in-person events, I started to do events on Zoom. And I noticed that a lot of Zoom events and Zoom speakers were boring. I wanted to go to sleep. After like half an hour, I just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stay uh, focused on what they had to say. So what I did, Jim, is I got really clear that if I was going to do a Zoom talk, I was going to keep it very high energy, very engaging. I was going to make sure that there was a lot of interaction between me and the audience. And I'd, I'd get them to like uh, reply in the chat and all that other good stuff. And, and I'd keep it fun. So they'd get a lot of value and whatnot. And what I found was I got really, really good at that. I'm one of the best Zoom speakers out there because everybody knows if you come and watch Nikki Baloo do a talk on Zoom, you're not going to be bored. You're going to be engaged the whole way through, and, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's helped my business tremendously. When the pandemic hit, I went to a lot of people that I'd done business with before, and I offered to do a free Zoom talk for their people. So I did a couple dozen free Zoom talks. And what happened was a bunch of these folks started hiring me to do other stuff, which was great. That, that is great. And I'm actually not surprised because you, you always were high energy, whatever. But you and, and it's also awesome. I'm not surprised you figured it out. And that's the problem when people don't figure it out. They uh, keep using their hammer when they actually need a screwdriver. And that's not what it is, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, there, there's no question that the world has changed. There's no question that in many respects we're living in hard times. But you can still win in hard times as long as you've got the um, capacity to, to be flexible in your thinking. Could you comment a bit on that for a lot of people listening here? Because there's a lot of people that are listening that may be facing the dilemma of how can I win now? They, they, their business may not be doing so great. And what they want to do is they want to turn it around. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that. So like I said, the pandemic creates change, which as an entrepreneur, we love because there's always change. Where you fail is when you say, I only do this in person. And I, we see that in restaurants. I have uh, seen restaurants that shutter, they close down. I have other restaurants, they can't hire enough people because they figured out how to do this takeout delivery business and they're uh, run off their feet. What's the difference? Well, one person said, we're changing the eat at home, eat at home experience. The other one said, no, we're in-room dining only, and, and, and they roll over. So all those ain't it awfuls, someone else says, ain't it great? And just and as an entrepreneur, you make a decision. I know you were going to ask me for business advice, and I'll start even by saying it's fail often, fail fast, fail cheap. So if you are struggling because your customers don't want what you used to deliver, what are some things you can try and see whether or not some of it sticks. And once some of it sticks, then invest more in that. So it's fail often, fail, 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 fail often, fail fast, fail cheap. Um, and at the same time, having a failure does not make you a failure. So you can try doing something and 
it doesn't work as long as you didn't risk the 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 whole you know everything on it then uh, no big deal pick yourself up and do the next thing you know i love fail often fail fast fail cheap i think that's absolutely fantastic uh, many years ago i used to work with an olympic gold medalist by the name uh, of mark mccoy and he had a similar philosophy and I, I I asked him, don't you hate failing? He said, no, I love failing. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? What do you mean you love failing? He says, every time I fail, I know I'm one step closer to succeeding next time. And I'm like, wow, I never thought of it that way. Right? Well, and you're mentioning everyone needs to be in sales. If you're in sales and you fail four times out of five, you're probably a very successful guy. So you can almost count the failure and say, great, I've had nine doors slammed in my face. It means I'm closer to my 10th door. It's it's totally uh, needed for sales. And if you run a company, I like to create a culture of failure. What I mean by that is we don't zap people for trying. We We don't zap people if they make a mistake. We want people to try. And some things work and other things don't. But it's a uh, failure to not try different things. That's brilliant, man. A culture of failing. Wow. Jim, I think we know what the theme of this episode is going to be when I get my guys to do the write-up for it. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I love great. It. Great. Yeah, you're going to say, Jim Estel, <laughs> the failure guy. Failure with success. Come Jim Estel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I interviewed Wayne Allen Root. Do, do you know who he is? I don't, know. So they, they call him uh, the king of Las Vegas sports gambling. In 2008, he ran on the libertarian ticket for vice president in the United States, right? He, he's also a, a bit of a politician, and he, he's just this high-energy guy, super, super high-energy guy, Jewish guy from New York who's now based in Las Vegas, right? And when I interviewed him, he said, look – you know what what you call a restaurateur who's opened uh, 10 restaurants, nine of which have failed? I said, no, what? He said, a multimillionaire. I said, wow. I love that. That's fantastic. That's beautiful. And really, that's, that that, is that's very similar to what you're saying, right? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, but is, is the fail cheap as well? So you, you don't risk everything on the failure. You, you try things. It's experimental failure. And then you find things are working, put a lot more into it. When you find everybody signs up for your uh, entrepreneur uh, roundtables more than they sign up for your Zoom meetings, you put more into the roundtables. When they find out they don't read any more, then don't spend your time writing a book that no one's going to read. Spend your time perfecting your podcast, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's brilliant stuff. That's brilliant, brilliant stuff. So, so Jim – could you talk a bit about the importance of cultivating your network, especially in times like this? Well, it's, it's like keeping your relationships. You'd absolutely need to build your network. I'm a huge advocate of LinkedIn uh, because LinkedIn can keep you in touch and people keep their own business card essentially current. And uh, it, it's free um, unless you go with a professional version. Even then, it's not very expensive. Um so I believe you should actually set goals on the number of people that you reach out to and um, connect with, and then you should stay connected with them. Um, so I'm a big believer in grow your network. And like I said, I'm a big believer in is add value to the people in your network because they will add value to you back without even planning on, on doing it, so to speak. Your network has been instrumental in the opportunities that you found. I mean, you, would, you wouldn't be 
where you are with Danby Appliances today without your network, correct? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's to- totally, uh, absolutely, 100%. Yeah. You know, one of the folks I've interviewed on my podcast is Ivan Meisner. He's the founder of BNI. Are you, are you familiar with BNI? Oh, yeah, I know. I, oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. So uh, Ivan's a really great guy, really, really terrific guy. And uh, one of the things that he talks about is this whole principle of giver's gain, which is very similar to what you say about adding value to people's lives. And he, 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 he loved this concept of giver's gain so much, he actually trademarked it, right? And the concept of giver's gain is basically that if you go out there looking for ways to add value to people and give to people, you're going to gain. I mean, you're going to gain the spiritual benefit of having done something for somebody else, but you're also going to gain because the people that you do this for – you know, they're going to want to obey the law of reciprocity, which is, hey, you've done something for them. They're going to feel obligated to do something for you. So they're going to go out of their way to figure something else out. But also energetically, that's what God does. God goes, oh, this person gives. Let me give to this person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Please expand on that because I know that's been a big philosophy of yours and you've used it to great effect. Well, exactly. I mean, I would not be on this podcast. When, when you and I met, you gave to me, and then I gave a little back, and then you invited me to the podcast many years later. And it's, and what's that? That's win-win. You get a podcast episode, which is win for you, and a lot more people hear about Danby Appliances and Jim Estill, which is win for me. It's a win-win, but I am totally an advocate of networking. It's one of my uh, business successful principles is always be networking. and. Um, on LinkedIn, I send out daily updates. 90% of those updates are for the value of the person getting them. They're not for my value. So I tend to send out quotes from famous people. It's, it's, I, and then every 10th post, I can send out something, oh, here's a new product that we have, or here's a upcoming uh, webinar we have, or something that's more promotional. But I don't keep sending people advertorial. And the more I can know who is in my network and what they are interested in, the more value I can add. So when a young entrepreneur comes to me, I say, you know, you should probably call Nikki and see whether one of his peer groups might be worthwhile for you. It's because, you know, the more you network, the more you remember what people do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, my better half, uh, who works with me. She's she's fabulous lady. I don't think you've had a chance to meet her, but when all this is over, or, or maybe on Zoom, we'll figure out a way for, for everybody to meet. Um, uh, I think you guys would enjoy meeting each other. So uh, she has a background uh, in sports and athletics. She's actually set three Guinness World Records for running 12 hours on a treadmill. I know she's crazy. And uh, on top of that, she has been uh, a top coach uh, for Tony Robbins in Roberts Research International. And about a month ago, she came up with a really cool idea that she calls 100 Connections. So she's setting up an event, which she's charging for. So, you know, it, it, it makes sure that the people that are coming are, are at least somewhat serious about this, where she wants to have 100 business people in that event. So these are, you know, various uh, entrepreneurs, people getting into business for the first time, professionals, et cetera. And what she's doing is she's... Um, having a guest speaker uh, speak for about uh, an hour at the beginning. And then she's going to be putting people in Zoom rooms with very specific instructions on how to connect with everybody else. And her objective is to get everybody who attended that event 
to be in Zoom rooms with other people, to connect with them, and to be able to set up virtual coffees with them afterwards. And her, she figures that if you can get 100 people in this event and get 100 people connected to 100 people, that'll just be tremendously valuable for people and really help them take their business to the next level. And I, I love this idea that she's had, and I'm fully supporting her on this. I'm telling people about it and say, hey, if you're interested, I'll put you in touch with Teresa. She'll get you squared away. But I love the idea because it, it, it really fits in with my belief, which is that as an entrepreneur, your network is probably the most important thing you have when it comes to taking your business to the next level. You're one great connection away from an absolutely explosive breakthrough in your business. What are your thoughts on that? I'm, uh, I, w I can't disagree. I agree with that completely. So it sounds like what she's doing is online BNI to some extent. Yeah, in because, a one-day event. Uh, yeah, and we, we may which, actually which is, which is to BNI good, to which get is them good. to sponsor it in the future. <laughs> so. <laughs> exactly. Well, because people aren't doing BNI in person, right? No, it's all so, uh, no, I, I to totally agree that uh, what she's doing should should be successful. And uh, so I'm a big advocate of it. Awesome. 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 So, so Jim, if people want to find out about Danby Appliances and how they can purchase Danby appliances and maybe how they can find these, you know, smaller fridges and use them in their home or in their home office. What's the best way for them to go about and do that? Well, if they have Google, they can Google Danby appliances. Of course, we have a website and we're available at most retailers like Costco and Home Depot and um, Amazon, of course. So, uh, we're quite pervasively available wherever you buy uh, appliances. So that's, that's where you find us. So for an entrepreneur listening to the show, what would you say would be the best type of appliance for them to consider to make you know, their life easier in their home office or in the small offices that they're going to probably be working in in the future? Well, of course, it has to be a Danby appliance. But the real thing is, what are you going to do? And uh, so right now in pandemic, people need freezers because they want to not go to the grocery store as often. And they're concerned that they're going to show up at the grocery store and there's not going to be the meat they want, blah, blah, blah. So maybe it's a freezer. Maybe it's a uh, a fridge. We tend to make smallish fridges. Bar fridges is our specialty, um, which go great in an office or a basement or garage. And we also... Uh, do wine coolers. Um, so that's a new trend that uh, more and more people are going with wine coolers. But we, we have almost almost all appliances, but our niche tends to be smallish, large appliances. So we tend not to be your main appliance in your house. We're your secondary appliance. We're your um, basement fridge, your den fridge, your office fridge. You know, the basement fridge, the den fridge, the office fridge, I think is something every entrepreneur should consider for themselves right now. Like, I, I'm thinking of getting one for my kids, for their room. I think they'd love it. They'd be tickled pink to have something like that in there. But I'm gonna get one for for the office office and, and put it in put it in my office because I, I rent uh, an office room in a, uh, in a complex with a bunch of office rooms. I don't necessarily have to run into people while I'm there, but there's a communal fridge that we use. 
But I'll tell you, it'd be really cool to have a fridge in my office, tucked away in a corner that doesn't take up a ton of space, but can let me have you know water in there, let me have uh, some fruits and vegetables, maybe a couple of sandwiches or sushi or whatever else, so I can get in the office early in the morning and not have to worry about figuring out what I'm going to do for lunch. So I think that's a fantastic thing, and I think everyone listening to this show should consider purchasing that type of bar fridge as a first step, and a Danby bar fridge for, for what course. that's worth. You know, and, and what I'm going to do when I get that fridge is I'm also going to get my company logo on a magnet and paste it on the fridge, and that might be an interesting business opportunity for you for some of the entrepreneurs you guys end up working with is maybe you could uh, create some logo etching and charge a little bit extra to put that on, on some of your fridges for people. So, so we actually do a ton of logo fridges, which are given as, as promo items. Um, like we, we've done Budweiser and Coors and, um, hockey teams and, uh, um, many, many companies. And we do it two, one of two ways. One, we wrap it like you've seen, trucks or cars wrapped and the other we actually will uh paint it so the quantity is high enough then we paint right on with a 3d paint and it's one of our uh, one of our niches you correctly identified a, a bar fridge is the best promo item because people keep it for 10 years and they're going to look at your logo every single day every time they open the fridge Okay, so that that's fantastic. Now I'm going to get it for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a great yeah. idea to do it that way. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Okay, Jim, y- you had me at hello. Now you really got me. So this is a fantastic thought. Okay, so listener, make sure you go to the Danby Appliances website. We're going to put that in the show notes. I mean, it's available at most retailers. It's available at Amazon and Costco, et cetera, et cetera. So take advantage of that. Uh, Jim Estill is the real deal. And he's somebody that is worth supporting. He's a great Canadian entrepreneur, a true success story. And this is a great company with some really great products. So, Jim, we like to end off each and every single one of our episodes by asking you as our guest expert, what are your top three expert action steps? These are your best pieces of advice for my listener to take on in his or her life to take their business or their life to the next level. So what do you say? Uh, So the first piece is successful people do tough things. So you will get ahead more if you do the tough things. And I, it's almost a mantra. I repeat it to myself often when I end up doing the tough things. So uh, calling back the irate customer or getting up at 4.30 in the morning to prep for something or uh, whatever. Successful people do tough things is my first piece of advice. Um, another mantra or expression I say is what the heck go for it anyways. And I use that to push myself to pick up the phone if I need to. And I'm feeling sheepish and I don't know whether I should call the president of Costco or whatever. Uh, it's like, what the heck? Go for it anyways. What's the worst case? They don't buy. What's the worst case? They don't return the call. What's the worst case? I don't get through. It's what the heck? Go for it anyways. And the third piece of advice is the fail off and fail fast, fail cheap, which we already talked about. Because as you mentioned, you're going to call this Jim Estill the failure guy (laughs) and a big believer in in failure. I love it, man. These are great. I wrote these down. I'm going to take these on for myself. I think they're fantastic. Jim, thank you so much for sharing them with my listener. And listener, I'm going to speak to you directly for one second. So Jim Estill, this man is the real deal. His company, Danby Appliances, 
is a fantastic company. You need to go buy yourself a bar fridge and contact them and see if you can get your corporate logo on the fridge because that would be a fabulous thing for you to do. I'm going to do it. You should do it. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, you might be wondering to yourself, hey, can I bring out my inner Jim Estel? Can I get out there and have my business be the best version of itself? Can I, as an entrepreneur, be the best version of myself? Can I get rid of the chattering monkeys in my head that say things like, oh, you're not good enough, you're not going to make it, blah, 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 all that negative chatter that goes on. Can you get rid of it? The answer is yes. And let me tell you how you're going to get rid of it. So number one is listen to this episode and share it with a few people, okay? Because Glasser Choice Theory says that the best way to learn lessons is to share them. So share some of the lessons you've gotten today with at least three people in your life and share this episode with at least three people in your life and tell them, hey, you're going you're gonna to benefit from this. Check it out. So that's number one. Number two, go to our website, eCircleAcademy.com. And take advantage of a whole bunch of free resources that we offer you. So resource number one is we have a complimentary white paper on how to grow your business if you have a service-based expert business. So go over there and download the free book. The second thing is we've got a free webinar masterclass on five steps on how to grow that business to at least a seven-figure business. So make sure you watch that. All that's free. And then... Once you've done both of those things, there's another button on that website that says book a success call here. That's like an opportunity to have a virtual coffee with me. And what I do on that call is I spend 45 minutes with you. We'll take a look at where you're at right now in your business, where you want to go, what the gap is, and we'll create a blueprint to help get you there. This call is also free, but there's a catch. The catch is You need to be serious. You need to fill out a little application form that comes up after you book your time. And the way you fill out that form is going to let me know if you're serious about yourself and your business or not. Because I only want to talk to you if you're really serious and you want to move yourself, your life, your business to another level. If you're just kicking tires, do both of us a favor and don't don't do this one. Just take advantage of the other resources. But if you're serious, if you're ready to go to the next level, absolutely take advantage of this and make sure you do it now. So go to Danby Appliances website, go pick yourself up a bar fridge, make sure that you get your logo wrapped around it, and go take advantage of all the resources that I've shared with you here at eCircleAcademy.com. Jim Estill, my friend, it's been an honor having you here, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing some of your wisdom with me and my audience. Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Uh, It truly has. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Jim Estill and his phenomenal company, Danby Appliances, go to the show notes at thethoughtleaderrevolution.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. And to take advantage of all the free resources that I just spoke about and offered to you, go to eCircleAcademy.com and make sure that you jump all over it. Listen, don't let your life be dictated by your fears. Live from your dreams, not your fears. If your fears are telling you what's the use, it's not going to work, don't let that be your reality. Let your reality be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to take that first step now and do it. Don't wait. Don't think about it. The most successful people in the world are the quickest decision makers. The people who hem and haw, they're basically telling God, I'm not that interested in success. You can hem and haw in terms of giving me success. The successful don't hem and haw. They jump all over it. So I double dog dare you, jump all over it. Until next time. Goodbye. 
This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. 